This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success podcast. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and I am fired up today. We have, uh, we're going to go back in the past a little bit in my day, but we have Kendall Gill. Uh, with us, Kendall. How you doing today? I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm doing well, man. I uh, I know I just sent you a picture. I don't know if you got a chance to look uh-huh. at it yet, but Kendall and I uh, met back in 1989 when the Flying Illini uh, went to the Final Four. So we were just talking uh, before we started recording. How it was almost 30 years ago. So Kendall, I'm excited for you to be here on the Circuit of Success, and just really wanted to hear your story. What's made you successful to date? And you would kind of go back and, and tell us who Kendall Gill is and what's made you the man you are today. Well, um, the one ingredient is hard work and, and perseverance and, and persistence, and uh, that's how I made it to, to where, you know, to have a career, 15 years in the NBA, four years at the University of Illinois, and you know, All-American, and, um, you know, still hold the, the uh, record for steals in the game in, in the NBA with 11, and uh, you know, I, I had a I had a pretty good career, and it's all due because of my dedication to hard work, and uh, yeah. that's something that I think is the key ingredient to not only basketball but anything you do in life. You know, you have to work hard at it. You have to put in the extra time that it takes to be the best that you can be, um, and then you have to persevere because you're going to have ups and downs throughout that journey. You know, uh, there's a lot of times where you're not going to be where you want to be or or if you think that you've reached where you should be, you, you may stumble and then have to take two steps back. Uh, but that's all part of the process, and you got to understand that going into it, you know, that, uh, that never say die attitude and you can't ever quit, you know, because, uh, you know, quitters never win, as they always say. You know, you always got to keep Mm-hmm. So now, do you think you know? You, were you were you born with that, or do you think that's something you acquired by by sports and growing up and doing all that stuff? Where did where did you get that never give up attitude? Uh, well, through my parents. Um, my parents instilled that in me, and they still do that to this day. Um, you know, and it's just in in me now, and I, that's the same thing that I try and instill in my in my children uh, that you can't ever give up, you can't quit. Uh, no matter whether you get down or not, and, you know, we I, I play a lot of ping pong with my boys. Uh, just to be competitive, and I never let them win, you know, simply because I don't want them to quit. You know, I won't let them quit, yeah. even, even if uh, even if they're losing, you know, so that they won't ever do it out in real life. That's good. Yeah, that uh, never give up attitude is a big deal, man, very big deal. Business, sports, whatever. And so let's talk about kids' sports real quick. Do you uh, – when you were growing up in Chicago, did you – were you nonstop basketball or did you play multiple sports? No, I played multiple sports, you know, unlike the kids in the – and today there, they play just one sport specific. Uh, you know, a lot of kids play AAU, either volleyball or basketball, and that's all that they play. I think that that's a big mistake 
because, yep. uh, you know, I think kids have to be well-rounded. Uh, you know, in my sports was seasonal football, um, basketball, then baseball. That's how we did it. Um, and nowadays, I have kids playing uh, basketball all year round, volleyball all year round, baseball all year round. And, you know, I think you got to a lot of the injuries in the NBA to, to a lot of the young players. You look at a Jabari Parker, you look at a Jaleel Okafor, even a Derrick Rose, and you see how at an early age they have catastrophic injuries. And, uh, yep. you know, Jabari Parker just came for the, for the second time in the same knee. And I think it's because they play way too much basketball when they're young. And, you know, that's one of the things that I won't let my son do is play a lot of basketball uh, in the off season. You know, I was actually uh, up training a couple of weeks ago, and I saw an AAU team practicing kids at 8 or 9 o'clock at night, and they were going hard at full court. And these kids are just babies. You know, you can't push the kids like that because eventually they're going to break down. Um, And and that's why I'm not in favor of, of, uh, you know, being one sport specific and, and playing one sport all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. And we've talked to some other athletes on here, and they, they talk about that multiple sport is what makes them a better, well-rounded athlete anyway, right? You build different muscles, yeah. better footwork, whatever it may be. So, so now let's talk about your, your flying Illini days, man. That's where I, uh, you know, became a fan of Kendall Gills. And, you know, think back to 1989. I, I don't want to even want to talk about the game against Michigan, but talk to yeah. us about that year, man, and what that was like. And you're, you're playing with, you know, Nick Anderson and Kitty Battle and, and all these guys, right, and uh, Marcus Liberty and, and so on. And so what, what was that like to be in the Illini, to be an All-American, do the things you guys were doing? Tell us about that. Uh, it, it was a great year because, you know, we were sort of a rock star team. Uh, you know, all of us were about the, uh, right around the same size, so like 6'3 to 6'8, uh, but all of us could play up above the rim and, the thing about it was a lot of people don't know about that team. Every single person, every single player on that team, including the walk-ons, were from the state of Illinois. A lot of people don't know that. Oh, wow. We truly, so we were truly an Illinois team. You know, we didn't have any outsiders, and we almost won the national championship. And it was it was great to play with the guys that I played with because, you know, they were extraordinary players, uh, all Ameri- McDonald's All-Americans, uh, collegiate All-Americans. And they were just real rough, go-getting guys. And that's one of the things that I love playing, uh, how, I, how I love to play the game. Y'all played as a team. There was no ball hogs on our team. Uh, yep. Everybody scored. And, uh, you know, we knew that if we got the ball around the horn, everybody was going to get their, their points and, and we, we were going to win. And that was the key to our team. Nobody, everybody was unselfish. Yeah. No, that was a special team. I mean, I think back. So when you think back to that, what, what was some of your best memories? I can I can think of one of my best memories, and uh, you probably remember the Nick Anderson shot in Indiana, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Anderson shot in Indiana. Well, my best memory was when we came back from 18 down uh, to win the Bragging Rights Trophy against Missouri. Uh, there you go. We uh, finally, uh, the final buzzer went off when we beat Syracuse to go to the Final Four. Uh, that was the happiest moment of my basketball career, and I have not ever introduced. <laughs> yeah, it was the happiest. Yeah. That's the happiest I've ever been. Yeah, that was cool. And so you stay in touch with those guys now? I mean, what do you, uh, you guys? Oh yeah, yeah. We still we yeah we all yeah. When you uh when you have a special team like that, you always stay in touch with those guys. You know, because I've yeah. been on many many teams. And the guys I stay in touch with are my high school team that I went to the state championship with, and the Final Four team in 1989. Wow. 
that says something about it, doesn't it? When you know just the brotherhood yeah. and the, the stuff you guys yeah, do together, no, yeah, no yeah. team. Right, you guys went to war, and 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 you are you are a great great team, and nobody can ever take that away from you. You're part of some part of history, part of something special. That's right. You talk to Lou Henson anymore? Oh yeah, yeah. I still talk to coach. You know, and we're still all close with the coaches too. You know, we we talk to the coaches yeah. a lot. That's good. So, what risk are you happy when you look back at your life and and your success and and not only high school and college but the NBA and and now the things you're doing? What risk are you happy that you took in life? Uh, the risk to be great, you know, because there's been a lot of times when I've been afraid to take a shot or maybe I shouldn't take the shot, but I said, no, I'm going to do it anyway, you know, and if I had not, not have done it, I probably would not have been here, you know, because that when you, when you step out, uh, on the plank, so to speak, uh, or you're right on the edge of the cliff and, you know, you, you're, you're terrified, you know, which I've been yep. numerous times, but in order to grow, you gotta take that walk. You know, you got to take that walk through the fire and brimstone, as they say, you know. And, uh, you'd be surprised at, at how the turnout will be because the fear probably is greater than you think, you know. And it, I mean, it's, it's, it's just an illusion, you know. And once you walk through fear, you can, you can the next time that it, it, it reaches its head up, you can approach it the same way. You know, you may not win all the time, but you got to understand that it's necessary to go through that part of life in order to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things all the guests we talk about is the fears. We put them all in our mind, right? And we make them be this huge, gigantic fear. But, and I'll even ask you is how many of the fears that you put in your mind actually came true to the magnitude that you thought they'd come? Right. I mean, not very many, you know, right. Not very many. I mean, once, once I approach it, yes, the the illusion is always there, but you got to walk through it and know that once you get on the other side, it was just an illusion. You know, um, some of the, some of the fears are, are legitimate. You know, like I became a professional boxer after after I uh, got done playing in the NBA. And, yes, the guys hit hard. <laughs> you, know, and, uh, you fear that, but you got to understand that's part of the game, And you, but you have to face it if you're going to be a boxer. And, uh, right. you know, but that, that fear was real, but I learned how to deal with it, you know, and learned how to get past it. Yeah, and you're still doing some boxing stuff now, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I still box. Yeah, I still box maybe three, four times a week. And uh, it's the fountain of youth for me. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, and I didn't realize that about you. So I started doing some research, and I saw you were doing some boxing stuff. And then tell us about this deal with this big three, this basketball thing. You're, you're training for and all this stuff that's going on. What's well, going on well yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I already trained for it. And unfortunately, uh, this weekend uh, – I was not drafted. Um, I was shocked because I dominated everybody at the camp. And uh, what happened was you had a bunch of guys that were picking their friends on the team. They weren't really picking the best players possible. And you know, I can understand that. I can I can understand that. You know, you play with guys in the NBA, and, and if they're at the uh, at the combine, you, you you're probably going to lean towards picking your friends. So, you know, I understood that. But I was very happy with my performance. I, I trained 100. percent I went there. I kicked everybody's butt, and that's why I was actually <laughs> shocked that I wasn't. I was I was I was I was shocked that I wasn't drafted. You know, and uh, yeah. Things, but this is one of the things that I'm talking about. You know, setbacks happen. You know, one thing that I do know is that uh, a lot of those guys that, that were picked, that were friends, were out of shape. Some of those guys are going to go out there, they're going to get hurt, and guess what? They're going to call me, and I'm going to go and do my thing. 
Absolutely, because <laughs> you're in shape. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in shape. So you know, that's so that's uh, you know, and, without, and even, and even though, your age here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I said, and even things, even though things in life can be unfair, if you wait, wait it out, you can right that wrong. You know, and and that's exactly what I'm going through now. You know, because uh, I should have been drafted. You know, but it didn't happen. But I'm just going to wait for my opportunity to get in there, and then when I get in, I'll write that wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you when you think about those those struggles and the days that you don't want to get out of bed, and because not every day is just you know all you know rose colored glasses and all that stuff. So when you have those bad days, what is what do you do? What does Kendall Gill do to fight through that and get up and still go work out and go do the things you got to do to be successful every single day? You got to force yourself to do it because, you know, I actually had one of those days, uh, yesterday, you know, because of the draft, you know, I was, I was feeling upset. I was feeling like I got cheated, but I have to understand that it's necessary for me to, to, to get up and push forward, you know, because when you stay there, you got, that, that's a form of quitting, you know, and you just can't quit in life. Um, you got to push forward. You got to be an example for everybody that's around you. Uh, my children. Uh, around me, they see the example that I'm setting. My wife is around me. I have to set an example for her uh, that when times don't uh, are not what you want them to be, you still got to get up and do your job and push forward. And, and that's exactly how I deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, would you say like, do you have your morning rituals? I mean, what are the things you do? That alarm goes off. What are what are some of the things that you do to to get after the day and, and attack the day with the with the greatest purpose possible? Well, one thing I do is I, I go to my mirror every morning, and then I say, I'm going to win today. And winning to me means getting all your business done, getting the grocery shopping done, getting the house cleaning done. You know, all the goals that you set for that day, if I don't complete them, I'm not, I'm not going to win. And I know at the end of the day, when I go to that mirror and I ask myself, did I win today? If the answer, if I didn't do any one of those things on that list, then that means that's a loss for me. And I don't like to lose. So no. that's, that's how I approach each and every day. That's good. Yeah, I've got my dashboard. I use a dashboard every day. And so it's some of the stuff that I, you know, I've got from my physical fitness to being the best husband and the best father possible. And so for me, it's kind of the same thing. It's not necessarily looking in the mirror, but it's it's the stuff every day. It's my own report card that i got to be successful every day so that I can lay my head on my pillow at night and know that I gave it everything I've got. So, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, that's great. what's your purpose today? Well, my purpose, my purpose today, I, I actually had to go get my, get my wife's dry cleaning. I had to, I had to do the grocery <laughs> shopping. I, I'm picking my kids up on time today. Uh, I had to mop my floors, believe it or not. Um, you know, and, and I had, I'm, I'm taking a break now because of, uh, from working out because I worked out so hard. I'm taking about a week or two off. Uh, but those are the things that I had to com- complete today. And, uh, you know, I'm on a schedule, so I've done most of them. And, you know, I'm going to – and I like to look myself in the mirror and look myself in the eye. <laughs> I know it's kind of weird, right. but that's what I do. You know, I look myself in the eye and ask myself, did I, did I win today? You know, and that's, that's why I go to the mirror twice a day. So what would you tell the, uh, the Kendall Gill of, uh, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago? If you could go back and talk to that guy, what would you tell him? I would tell him that patience is a virtue. Don't be – in such a rush to make things happen um, because sometimes you can get in trouble being not being patient. And, you know, that's when you make a lot of slip ups. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I would, would tell myself, you know, if, if I were 25 years old, be patient, you know, your time will come, your turn will come. 
And how do you, and you probably talked a little bit about this, but how do you define success in your world today? I mean, obviously you got to win the day and do the things you've talked about, but when you hear the word successful in the business world or the sports world, what comes to mind for you? Uh, what, come, what comes to mind for me is whether you gave it 100% and, 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 did your, and did the job you were supposed to do, whether you did your best. To me, that's success. You know, you could become, because you're not going to win all the time, even if you put 100% into it, even if you prepare 100%. You're going to win most of the time, but not all of the time. So that's what I tell people. Being successful is not actually winning all the time. It's whether you gave it your best, whether you prepared to be the best that you could be. Now, if you've done that, you can't judge yourself. You can't say, well, I could have done this. You, you can't do any of that. You, you have, you, the only thing you're left with is I did my very best, and that's what being successful is about to me. Yeah. And how are you doing, uh, with, again, in the business world or the, the sports world, how are you inspiring other people? So, if, you know, you think about the people listening to this podcast, they're working out or they're driving in their car, and they've got people that work for them. I mean, what advice would you give those people to help inspire others to go greater, to be greater, to follow the mission and the vision, what, what advice would you give them? Well, what I would, I would tell them is just to live, be the example that you uh, are preaching. You know, if, if, you, if you're trying to be the best salesman, be the perfect example of the best salesman. You I mean you can't get people, you can't make people follow you, but if they if they see your example, like I'm I'm a big workout person, and I post a lot of my workouts on Facebook, on Instagram, yeah. and people and people follow me because of that. You know, and I tell them, well, this is what I do. If, if you want to do that, then you're more than welcome. I'm more than willing to to help you out. And you know, to me, it it works because people follow. You know, uh, I, I've had a number of people. Um, come to me and say, okay, well, I've been following the workout that you've done. I've lost 20 or 30 pounds. That's, that's what makes me feel great because, you know, I've not really been their personal coach, but they follow my example through uh, just watching me on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, lead by example, right? Yep, lead by example. Because a lot of guys can talk yeah. a good game, you know, but action, that's what you got to look at, not what they say. Right. You got to look at what they do. Oh, that sweat. Like I, I do, I, I follow you on Instagram, and I see the workout you're doing, and, and I was even fascinated the other day you posted one, just the, the footwork you were doing, and, and so people need to go follow Kim McGill on, on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll talk about that later, but you, you were doing defensive slides and defensive drills without the ball, and I was like, man, that's fascinating. So for me as a coach, I'm thinking about that next year for basketball already is to steal that example that you give there and use that mm -hmm. uh, with the kids. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, footwork is great. I like one, everybody thinks you have to have the ball uh, in your hands to work at being becoming a better basketball player, but you really don't. Uh, you have to just use your footwork, and and, and that's an aspect of the game that if you master, it, it's going to help you out a great deal. So that's what I was doing in that one particular video. Well, now let's turn to uh, the circuit of success and uh, those pillars that we'll talk about, the attitude, the beliefs, the activities, and ultimately get you the results that you want to get in life. When you think about attitude, uh, what comes to mind for Kendall Gill? Well, you got to have an attitude. Attitude, I believe, is 90% of, of success. Uh, if you don't have a, a great attitude or an attitude towards what you want to do uh, in life, then you're not going to make it. You're not going to achieve it. Uh, you know, I've seen people with poor attitudes uh, throughout my career in basketball that had all the physical potential in the world, but they did not have a great attitude, and thus they didn't make it to as far as they could have. And uh, attitude is everything. You know, you got to wake up in the morning. you got to be ready to go. 
with a good attitude. If not, you're not going to have a good day. So that's the way I feel right. about it. I like it. So beliefs, um, you know, I got my beliefs that I know I got to do every single day and uh, believe in just to my core. So what are your beliefs uh, that have helped you be successful in your career? Um, my beliefs is just beliefs that I could I could do anything that I wanted, wanted to do. Um, you know, I visualize a lot. So, uh, you know, my belief comes from the visualization that I have in my mind. You know, if I want to do a certain thing, if I want to drive a certain car, if I – if I want to go on a certain vacation, I always visualize. I've done that since I was a kid. And, um, you know, it doesn't come true all the time, but 90% of the time it does. Uh, a lot of people don't know the power of visualization. And, uh, you know, I see I that to my basketball career. Yeah. So when you, uh, when you think about I don't know if you've ever done this, but I used to do back in the day when I was new in business, I used to dream of vacations. I would go to, like, Expedia.com. And I would fake yeah. book a trip. So I, I would, like, go, you know, do everything, but give them my credit card information. And then I would print pictures out of that vacation and visualize my family there on the beach and doing all that stuff. And so so walk us through. How, what's your visualization like? What's that technique like for you? Okay, I'll give you a perfect example of it. You know, I, not only do I um, do basketball, and not only am I I'm, I'm an analyst for the Chicago Bulls for CSN Chicago, but I'm also, I also trade the foreign exchange market. Uh, I've done that now for 11 years, and I've visualized my trades before I take them. You know, therefore, uh, you know, I have to wait for a certain setup, and visually I have it in my mind what I want to do. So, actually, the visualization keeps me out of trouble because if it's not – if I look at my, my mind, is not there, I just walk away from my from my computer screen, you know. But if it is there, I already have this, the, the trade visualized in my mind, and I take it. I execute it right away. So, you know, and every day, just like shooting free throws, I'll go over all of the trades that I took um, for the month or for two months, and I look at them. And all of them are the same as what's visualized in my mind. So that's how I do it. You know, you, you get in, it's, it's called repetition. Like I said, just like shooting free throws, if you do it over and over and over and over again, it becomes automatic. So let's go back to your playing days, whether those are college and, and uh, or the NBA. I mean, obviously playing in the 90s, you uh, you got to play against Michael Jordan, I'm assuming, right? What was that like? Oh, well, it, it, was, it was a great experience. You know, Michael was um, – he just had no weaknesses whatsoever in his game. And, uh, you know, he was a crazy athlete. He was very competitive. Um, he was very skilled. So, and you put all those things together and, you know, you, you have perhaps, perhaps one of the greatest, well, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool that you get to do that and get to play against them. It's, uh, it's great. So what are some of your best memories looking back on your playing days for 15 years in the NBA and with the fighting Illini? Why don't you tell us some of those memories that, uh, you, know, you sit back in your rocker one day and you, you tell the kids and the grandkids, what are you going to be telling them? Well, probably when we beat uh, Syracuse to go to the Final Four, that was the best memory yep. that I had. You know, because we, we we did that as a team. It wasn't it wasn't me making the All American team or getting drafted. You know, the fifth pick in the draft. It was it was that moment. You know, because we had really achieved something. Um, the best memory I have as a pro is when we it came down to the last uh, game of the season and uh, we had to beat the Detroit Pistons with Grant Hill uh, to get into the playoffs, and that's what we did. And I, I out-dueled uh, Grant Hill. I, I had 27 points, so I just had a huge game. Uh, Grant Man. had a pretty good game, too, but still, you know, we were able to, to beat them. Yeah, that's very cool. 
I like it. So what's, uh, you, you look at your, you know, vision and your success, and I think I'm going to know the answer to this, but did, did you envision your success? I mean, even as a kid, when you look, you know, look back on your life now, did you envision all that success or are you more shocked by it? No, I envisioned it. You know, I used to actually practice my autograph and stuff <laughs> and, <laughs> practice doing, and practice doing commercials in the mirror and everything. My father still talks about that, what I used to do. So, uh, you know, I used to, I had no idea it was going to turn out like this, but I, but that, that's what I visualized it being, you know. And, that's great. Uh, but, yeah, people don't know the power of visualization, man. It's awesome. Well, uh, I'll give a little shout-out to my, my cousins. I have, I have a bunch of cousins, but these three cousins, uh, Jennifer, Christina, and Lindsay, uh, if they have me listen to this, they'll remember. My, uh, my, we used to play as a kid. I was a business guy, and they all three worked for me, and they'd come in with piles of paper and hand them to me, and I had to sign off on them as well. And so it's funny now when it works, when that actually happens, I'm like, holy smokes, yeah, that visualization stuff works. So for our listeners out there, I mean, it is, it's as crazy as that sounds, Kindle's practicing his autograph. I've got people working for me when I was a kid. I mean, this stuff works, right? It works. Yeah, it definitely it really yeah. does. It really does. Some people, some people don't understand the power of it. And, you know, the thing is that when you do visualize, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, you have to understand that. It's, 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 you have to go through a, a period of time where not only you visualize, but you also put in the work to make it happen. And that's when you see the fruits of your labor at the end. Yeah. So what are you, what are you passionate about now that you wish you had more time to go do? Uh, well, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I'm, I'm a broadcast. Uh, I'm in broadcasting. I'm an analyst for the Chicago Bulls. And I'm a, a, a trader. Um, I've always wanted to be a trader ever since I saw Wall Street, and um, I, I've, I've always wanted to be a broadcaster ever since I've uh, seen Wall Street, and, um, you know, that's what I'm doing now. I'm a foreign exchange trader. That's what I've been doing for 11 years, and I don't want to do anything else. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Well, it's got to be a great feeling to be following your dreams. So the so last couple of questions here, Kendall, I give you uh, – I give you $10 million. You can't invest it, so you can't go on the exchange and invest it. You can't pay off the debts if there are any, and uh, you cannot give it to charity. What are you doing? I just park it and live off of the, live off of the, live off of the interest <laughs> in the bank. <laughs> so you've got it all, man. There's nothing on uh, – that was my next question going to be, what's, your, what's on the top of your bucket list? You know, life's about experiences. I mean, anything left out there for you that you want to kind of cross off? And say, hey, man, if I could do this, that would be pretty cool. What would that be? Yeah, I mean, this is probably going to happen in the next year or so anyway. I just I, I, I really want to move to Las Vegas. Um, you okay. Know, uh, I lived in Chicago my whole life. I've lived in other places. You know, I lived in New York City, Miami, uh, Seattle, Charlotte. I've lived all over the place. But I really, really like Las Vegas and the, the neighborhoods on that are not on the Strip. So that's probably what I'm going to do. There you go. Take the family and move out to Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, they're they're, they're ready to go too. <laughs> that's good that's good so uh yeah man so where where can our listeners find more of Kendall Gill and follow you I know like we talked about earlier your motivation for working out and the things that you share where can our listeners find more of Kendall Gill yeah you can follow me on Instagram at official Kendall Gill and you can follow the same uh name on uh Facebook official Kendall Gill also on Twitter Kendall G13 uh is my handle so that's where you guys can find me. All right. Well, we will definitely shoot some people your way. It's a good uh, good person to follow. you got good stuff. So, I mean, I really appreciate you being on the Circuit of Success podcast. It's been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, looking back, I guess, now 28 years later and getting to watch you play at the Illini to get to interview you now has been a big honor, and I appreciate you spending the time with me. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, Kendall. Thanks a lot. 
Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 